This is the Airman Addict Podcast. We're just two dads getting together to talk about life from the perspective of a veteran and a recovered drug addict. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Corey Tate and Brooke Jones. And if you're a new listener, welcome to our podcast. And if you're one of our current subscribers, welcome back. Honestly, where are you at with the whole court thing? Oh, uh, well, it's coming up. I think my final uh, trial or like the last date that they'll possibly be willing to push it out to is March 22nd. So okay. like I'm, I'm supposed to be in court March 22nd or whatever, but that's assuming that they don't accept, uh, the, the plea deal, the ma- mitigation package that we're trying to, which basically I say plea deal. Cause I watch the show. Yeah, no, you're good. I mean, mitigation, it's just like, if you get a ticket, you know what I mean? You, like a speeding ticket, you can either pay it, you can fight it, or you can mitigate it. Okay. You know, mitigation's like, yes, I did this, but these are some, you know, circumstances as to why I think that, you know, it should not get the worst punishment or you should take some pity on me or whatever, however you want to word that. But Okay. So that's like where I'm at. It's like, yes, I did it. I have no... Uh, and for those listening... Wondering if I'm like a murderer or something like that. <laughs> no, I was just in a car accident. I was using and I was homeless. And, and how long ago was this? This was three and a half years ago. Dude, that's crazy because yeah. it probably still feels recent for you. I don't know, dude. It feels like it feels like a lifetime ago just because I am living such a different life than I was when it happened. You know? How long have you been sober for? Three and a half years. So wait, since the accident? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me take that back. There was like a little slip up, like a couple months after the okay, accident. Yeah, we got some slip ups. Here. But it was like a, it was like a day and a half, which was funny too, because like, gosh, like if you if you go to treatment, like rehab, inpatient treatment, or like you read like the AA or NA book and stuff like that that talks about like recovery, there's a lot of truths in that, as far as like the psyche of an addict and the process of you know recovery. Do you mean like how they? think differently than someone who's not an addict yeah like um like in there it talks about how like relapse is a part of the process and i used to think that was such bullshit which i like you just want to be like cut cold turkey relapse doesn't exist and like for some people it does you know some but it just it's all everyone's story is so different you know everyone's journey is different and it's like where when did you really start to think about getting clean anyway so where was the relapse so like anyway Mm. but all that to say this Mm. like that was like my like jar it talks in that book it talks about like a jarring experience you know that catapults you back to recovery i call that a pivot point when something happens in my life that fundamentally for sure yeah and like i guess that could be right too because like the accident was the jarring experience like you know, even though I've done a bunch of stuff and used after, like, for some reason, this was just, like, a moment in my life. I mean, I broke my neck in the accident, you know, so that was, like, a big deal for me. And I was living in my car, and my family let me come back in, so. Dude, that's rough. You couldn't yeah. be most popular in the boys' locker room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, back to the core stuff. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens, see if they want to work with me, if they don't. It's going to be a very interesting couple months, just like 
navigating finances and like just being away from family and all that. But the biggest thing is just putting it behind me. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Regardless of what happens, even if they don't want to work with me and I have to go do this little, you know, time, I'm going to go do it. And then that part of my life is over basically. Dude, it's, it's fascinating to me because I didn't know you back then. Mm-hmm. I've only known you for what, like two years now? Actually, how long have we known each other? It's since we started working at the solar company. Yeah, I started January 10th of... Yeah, you were 2022. 22, yeah, because Asher was November. born in 22. I so. started November 21. Okay. Yep. When was Asher born? August of 22. Got it. On my birthday. Dude, that's crazy. It's like, <laughs> he was he was born, first of all, on your birthday, which yeah. is nuts. Second of all, I remember other people at work, when their kids were born, it like change their whole work ethic like their environment everything and i'm sure you were exhausted because now that i have a five-month-old i know what it's like to be exhausted yeah but you were just rock and roll seriously that was like the perception of you yeah it didn't seem like you were checked out you were just business as usual no and there was also there was also a lot of stuff going on in that first year that i never really talked to anybody about um, like what like what not necessarily Dude, great, like what? Not How are we not things. talking about It's like more like uh, oh, okay, okay. losing people uh, in the life. There was like, yeah, there was like three people that year that two had overdosed, one had killed himself. So it was, it was kind of a tough year. And I did actually struggle a little bit in sales, like right before Asher was born, trying to like, oh, and Kiri's dad also had just died too. So it was like, it was, starting shine was crazy for me. There's just a lot of different things going on, but Dude, I, I get what you're saying in that uh, to, a, I guess, a certain degree. A lot of guys I serve with, um, let me amend that. Thankfully, not a lot of guys I serve with have killed themselves. Mm-hmm. But I've known a couple, and most recently, like two months ago, uh, shout out to Michael Mullen. I serve with that dude, and he he killed himself. So it just happens. Mm-hmm. People, I don't know, they just don't. I don't know. I have such mixed reviews about like whether it's selfish or not. And it, it is, but it's, it's also like, you know what I mean? It also, I mean, it also, uh, gosh, it sounds bad, but it ultimately is in my yeah. opinion. But you know, it's like, it's also just the reality. That was also kind of one of the reasons why I thought that this might be, not that this was all my idea. This is both our ideas, but a very interesting it perspective. It was mostly your idea. I'm, I'm happy to say okay, that. Okay. This is a great idea, dude. But like to share the perspective of like how close is it, you know, somebody who went off to boot camp and experienced this life and this struggle with all these men compared to somebody who is like going off away from their family to rehab or jail or whatever and experiencing that life with their like those acquaintances and going through that struggle with people. And having things that jar them mentally, mm. you know, to the point of suicide. You know what I mean? Because it's both trauma. Yeah. In both ways, you either are the type of person where you have trauma and it makes you weaker. Or you have trauma that makes you stronger. Yeah. I and that's a big and, deal. And I want to, like, disclaimer here on my thought there. Because I don't want, like, people to think, like, oh, well, he thinks, you know, being an addict is the same thing as serving your country. That is not at all what I'm saying. Actually, same thing from my perspective. I don't think serving our country is the same thing as yeah, being an it's addict, not. dude. Because like, there were a lot of days country. where I was playing Brick Breaker or freaking Pokemon on the Game Boy while yeah. I was like on top of a hill for eight hours waiting for aircraft, you know? Yeah. And that, that's <laughs> cool to hear that, too. I, um, but, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I think there'll be some people that, like, you know, there's some 
An addict is a great area. Dude, don't even worry about it. Fuck the haters, bro. We're just doing this because we're just chilling on a Sunday morning, you know? This is fun. Well, yeah, so... Have you ever showered with with 40 men before? But ass Nick? No, it's funny um, that you say that. So I have been to a handful of jails, actually. So, like, when I was in Washington, like, when I was, like, doing my dirt or whatever, I would do it across, like, four different counties was, like, my, like... Okay my like uh, stomping grounds per se you know so like i got in trouble four counties away right and so when i went to jail actually the first time i ever went to Dude, jail, you're excited to talk about how you went to different jails you're like a clown that's like i went to four different corners no, like, no, this no. is weird <laughs> it's just no it's just crazy to think back on because it doesn't seem like me whatsoever but wow uh and it's honestly a crazy story that but, picture of you was wild too from back then that you showed me oh uh, yeah down. totally different keep maybe, going though. maybe we'll post that i won't stop floating <laughs> No, just basically like, uh, yeah, so I got in trouble. I thought I was going to get out after I was in like my hometown jail, but turned out I had a warrant in that other jail. So like they, they call it like the co-op or the chain gang or whatever you want to call it. But you know, you wake up hella early, you go, you get on the bus and they transfer you to that jail. But there's two jails in between that jail. So you got to like stop and stay the night at each jail mm-hmm. and then finally get to your destination. But yeah, it's just so crazy to think about all that. I don't know where I was going when I first started telling that part of the story. I don't but... care. I'm mesmerized. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that has Oh, happened? the shower thing. Oh, uh, oh, oh okay, yes. All yes. the showers I've been to are single showers. Really? Yeah, so like there's there's like common showers, but there's like five stalls. And you like if you're you're either you're waiting in line if you're not in the shower. And then it's like you And know, nobody uses the common showers? No, no, no. Like, there is only a common shower, but there are oh. single stalls, yeah. And oh. you just have to wait in line, and you got to take turns and stuff. Yeah. And it's like an unwritten rule. You get, like, two or three minutes, and you got to get out. Unless nobody's there. What? Dude. Yeah. So, I think what prison... What the fuck? Never been to prison, but I think prison is probably you're telling me, where you You're have, telling like, me that the three times I was at MTC in Fort Irwin, and this is Las Vegas, like, like near... The strip. We had some fun times. I already know where this is going. But, dude, you're telling me that when I was in NTC and it was just sand everywhere, this huge fishbowl, we had, like, these field showers, these brick buildings that were just there. They weren't, like, field expedient setups. They were there for the long haul. Like, NTC National, I think it's National Training Center. It's been going on for a long time. You go there before you go on a deployment. It's like a five- or six-week thing. If you're in the Army, you got to be in what they call the box for a long time. If you're in special warfare in the Air Force, you get to stay in a hotel for a while. Oh, you get to go <laughs> get whatever food you want. You get to order Uber Eats. And then we just roll out to the box with the Army guys for a week. And then we head back. They got to stay for like another week or so. So that's funny. it's a good time being in the Air Force. But uh, the showers there, doesn't matter who you are. When you're at NTC, there's like, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying not to remember. Um, there's like 30. Imagine a giant just a giant rectangle, big, like, let's say like 2000 square foot building, yeah. just giant rectangle open. And there's just a bunch of shower heads on each wall of the long walls of the rectangle facing the center. And it's the coldest, like it's, it's colder you know than Alaska. Right water. Now? What? You ever seen American history X? No, no, no. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm just, just shocked. Cause it's such a good movie, but it's also like tough to watch. Anyway, Open showers. Go ahead. Hold on. Okay, we gotta get back. To we'll that. get back to it. We probably won't. <laughs> we'll probably forget. <laughs> just American History X. If you haven't seen you know, it, I go watch it. it. No, let me do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American History X. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a. Uh, it's it has to do with like uh, talks about like old Aryan Brotherhood, like like how racist they were and like the life of it and going to prison, what happens in prison, dude, how it affects your family, like whole bunch of them. It's crazy, I'll but it's a great movie. Well. I it's, say, yeah. It's got Edward Norton as, as the main guy in it. I like Edward Norton. I like yeah. the original Hulk movie. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, actually, that wasn't the original, but it was a Hulk movie. Yeah. And he was good in it. Yeah, he was. Um, dude, since this is the first one, we're starting to flow ideas. One of the ideas I have is whatever, because these aren't scripted, like whatever we talk about, mm-hmm. let's make notes. And then at the end of it, we'll be like, just so, not to get all corporate on the people, but like to summarize yeah. and <laughs> talk about the main points, like look up this shit, watch this movie, check out this person. Like, yeah. I think that'd be cool. You know? Yeah. American history X. Boom. But to say all that, Corey wanted to talk about him showering with men. So go ahead. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a passion. Line. So let's see. Uh, so there's like, I would say like 40 shower heads, like 20 on each side, just facing the center. That's insane. And you walk in, and there's like a little changing area where you can put your shoes. I think there was like a shoe rack maybe. Or maybe we did the floor. Anyway, everybody wore flip-flops anyway when you shower, obviously. Um, pro tip, wear flip-flops when you shower people. So Always, dude. Yeah. Oh not not at home. unless you're a freaking serial killer. I, but I do it at the jiu-jitsu gym. Like a, you, wear, you wear the flip-flops in the showers at the jiu-jitsu gym? Yes. I mean, okay. 100%. Yeah. I don't, that's yeah. like a great way to get I mean, yeah, sport. there's a ton of MRSA on the floor and like yeah. <laughs> worms and stuff. So, dude, actually, oh man, I'm going That's a jail thing too. Like, you let, do let not me shower this barefoot. One. Yeah. So, basically, a bunch of men showering. Yeah. Like, like 40 shower heads, yellow chain here, you go. And it's so awkward, dude. Everybody just like covering their junk, showering. And then as you shower, you uncover your junk because you got to, you know, wash your hair right. and everything and you keep your eyes closed. And it's like this unspoken thing. Nobody ever said anything about it. But it was like when you walk in there, when you walk in there and water hasn't, you're smiling at me, I'm trying to get this out. When you walk in there and water hasn't touched your bare skin yet, right? You just feel so vulnerable. And then when you get in the shower and you're still covering your junk and you turn it and and it's this cold freaking water that eventually turns like just underneath lukewarm, right? Like a, uh, like a cup of coffee you've left out for a couple hours that you drink that immediately just... I'm coffee right now. Yeah. Um, it's like when the water hits you and you take your hands off your junk and you close your eyes and you use shampoo or soap or whatever. It's like you're safe and you don't care who sees you because now you're wet and the, the game has changed. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know there's that guy in the group, like there's at least one guy that's like, cop and a peak dude you know everybody I mean? says that but 100 percent, dude there I, is. I think it's just like dude i think it's like freaking homophobia i don't think i think even if there were like gay dudes in there which i'm sure there were yeah. you know i'm sure uh, i'm sure every time i took a public shower there was at least one gay guy in there you know if we think of basic math looking at your dick there you go. no no <laughs> what i'm saying is i don't think people care i think they're just there to take a shower like that doesn't matter what you're into what you're not into i think you're just it's uncomfortable for everybody. You know what I mean? Unless you're like a pedophile. Yeah. I think if you're a normal dude, you just want to get in there, take a shower in like two minutes. Or if you're out. hung like a horse, you could care less. What, you know what I mean? They're dude. Like, you kind of want people dude, to Dude, I didn't peek, but you know, it's kind of like when you look out into the horizon and you see a leaf in the corner of your eye blowing in the wind. But really what you're looking at is like the cell phone tower way out in the distance. Mm-hmm. There were some 
there were some friggin' elephant trunks in there. Yeah, let me tell you. There were some large leaves. It was wild, dude. <laughs> I was like, these dudes should get into a different line of business. They should get out of the military. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, there was one other thing you were saying. Um, we were talking about dicks for so long. That's <laughs> <laughs> the reality of it. What else were you saying? Dang it. Ah, oh, man. <clears throat> I don't know. What was like before that? No idea. We'll come back to it. We're just excited for this first episode. You know what, That's what it's all about. This uh, last couple of weeks, I've been getting into the like competition mode. You for jiu-jitsu, yeah. Yeah. Corey and I are competing in like less than two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. And uh, for me, this is my second tournament, so I don't know where Corey's at in his process. But usually like the first couple of times oh, I start. me out. You're talking to the listeners now. Continue. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. Keep going. <laughs> um, is that bad? Are you not supposed to? Oh, I don't care. Dude, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. We're just, you know. Uh, but the mindset that I, like, the first time I started thinking about it, first couple times, there's like a, a fear mindset that comes over. Mm. Like, it's natural. Like, okay, I'm going to go out there. I, And especially because I've been training really hard and, like, getting my body right for this one, like, it means like just a little bit more, you know, like, like I have eliminated almost every single excuse that I could have throughout the process. Like, so I can go in there with confidence knowing like I've done what I could do to be ready in this moment, you know, but there's a fear that comes on. And then like 30 seconds later, I'm like, why are you being a little bitch? Like, dude, just man up. And then like this other, like, adrenaline that dog yes that dog comes like, out dude like this isn't rolling in the gym like you know whatever like frustration or like desire or oomph that i can use i can use in my moves now you know what i mean yeah and like i don't want to hurt anybody but like we fuck we yeah. do jujitsu like it's it's might have time to know? compete yeah. yeah and i'm like i'm gonna use every ounce of what i know to try to win mm-hmm and that mindset that, that, is that nervousness that does not go away. Yeah. Like me at the brown belt level, and you think like, I used to think like when people brown belts or black belts, they were just wizards and they knew everything and they know a lot, mm-hmm. but you learn more every day. And no matter how high up in belt you get, you still have so much to learn. And yeah, I know we got to end in two minutes. Oh, we're good. We got to go to the gym to go to open that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I'll say that even when I compete, I get nervous. And I have to psych myself up and it's a manual thing. I choose to do that and I choose to have that mentality. And then I go out and I freaking kill it every time. And this is my first brown belt tournament and I'm doing open weight. So there are going to be some big dudes in there, small guys too, maybe some guys my size, but I'm not small and average, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The reality is it doesn't go away. You always have doubts like that. I mean, dude, just the other day, there was like a blue belt, a couple stripes from another gym, easily passed my guard. Easily. And I have great guard retention. I, at blue I line. think at, at Blue Line, yeah, at the yep. new gym that I'm teaching. Um, yeah, shout out to Blue Line. I, I started a jiu-jitsu program there, so we're, we're having people come in and just making it affordable for whoever wants to roll. And open mat is open mat. Everybody's welcome, no matter what gym you're at. But, uh, yeah, that was my freaking plug for the day, dude. There you go. <laughs> shout out. But, uh, dude, uh, he just passed my guard so easily. And I was frustrated in the moment. I was like, this guy's just a, just a blue belt, man. How dare he? You know? The belt doesn't ultimately matter. It's just a tool for you to know generally where you're at so you can compete in. Maybe feel, it's guard passing at you know? black belt level. Maybe. Exactly, dude. Like, everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And after he passed my guard, 
he didn't know what to do. Yeah. So then it was really easy for me to reverse him and yeah. sweep him. But either way, he passed my guard like it was butter. Mm-hmm. And it made me really question everything in life <laughs> up to this point. <laughs> Am I even good? You know? Yeah. So it's just cool to have that experience. And tournaments are, I love jujitsu because it's there's no room for misinterpretation. It's very simple. You either win or you don't. Yeah. Especially like submission only. Yes. Dude. Tournaments. That's why I like it. Um, I really like that. I like the respect that you. May, I make friends every time, every time. And like I said, don't make friends before you go out on the mat. Mm-hmm. Don't be that guy. But make friends after, you know, right. before it's competition mode. Um, you got anything else you want to say before we we have to get out of here? No, dude, that was good. Good way to wake up. All right, Let's go try not to get hurt. That does it for this episode of the Airman Attic Podcast. That was Corey Tate, and that was Brooke Jones. We'll catch you guys next time.